This is Sunday Pod with your host, Tariq and Ryan. Welcome to Sunday Pod. Today, our guest, Raj Mokulhad, a graduate from Christ for the Nations, a missionary, founder of Red Light Church, and now Raj Mokulhad. Can you share your testimony with us? Sure. I was uh, born and raised in the red light district of Mumbai, India called Kamadipura. I had no hope, no future in my life. I do not remember everything about my childhood. All I remember, I was compelled by the situation around me. I was forced by the circumstance around me. I was completely had no hope and I started begging and fighting with a dog and snatching the food from dog mouth to survive myself. At the age of five, I was struggling. So I started doing a small business, uh, selling the things in the red light district. So I used to sleep starving, no food. And many times I was stealing the food. So it was very horrible life. I had no one who can take care of me. So I was looking for someone who can help me out of the situation. But I see there was no one. So I used to see these girls being beaten, tortured and forcing them to do things against their will. So I was seeing these girls, you know, as a small child and seeing these girls was a very hard for me. Beaten, torture, forced to have sex with the men every single day and day and night. Whenever I see these girls, my heart used to break. And you know, I used to think, how can I help these girls? But I, wo- I was hopeless, you know, I had no hope. And I could not help them because I was needed help. But there was a something in my heart to do or something. and uh, But I was a very small child and unable to do anything. Something happened in my heart and I was looking these girls. So I said, I need to do something. And I was very skillful. I used to steal, I used to fight, even in those age between two, five to seven. I was very skillful at everything. So I knew this red light district, how it's run, you know. You can say all the, you know, underground places, all the secret places where girl has been hidden and how they lock and, you know, everything I knew it. One day, I decided, you know, to set free these girls. I knew it that if I want to do this, I will die. There was no doubt. So I remember one morning, this brothel owner were sleeping in the in the cage. You know? So I steal that key early in the morning, 5 a.m. And I open that cage and let this girl to run. So few girls ran away. Then second time I did. And third time, I was caught by the manager of the brothel owner. And I was beaten. They kept me into the cage. They hanged me upside down. They beat me almost one week. They thought that I died. And they threw me in the dumpsters. And someone found me. And he picked me up. And he asked me, are you alive? I said, yeah, I am alive. And I had no money. And I had nothing. So I can go to the doctor. 
and get the treatment. People spoke over my line. You are the dog of this red light area. You will never change. You born in the gutter. You live in the gutter and you will die in the gutter. Those words spoke over and over and over in my life. I had no clothes to wear. So I had no water. So I used to take a bath once in a six month, sometimes once in a year. And that was my situation. That brought so much anger. I was mentally and physically abused at the age of nine. So I used to believe in the many gods. And Indian culture, there are 30 million gods. So one of my favorite gods was an elephant god. It's called Ganesha. So I pray, I did all worship, praise to ask God change my situation, change my life. You know, this life is miserable. I don't want to live this kind of life. I used to pray and I used to do all praise and worship every day. So first I used to believe in the elephant God. Now I started believing in the monkey God, which was a very powerful my friend and myself, we started going to the temple every Saturday. And we used to go there and we used to pray in the temple to change. But nothing happened. I was so, so mad. I said, there is a no God. So I started believing in Allah and I started, you know, doing a fasting every morning. They took me to do a namaz. And I did namaz, pray to Allah and ask Allah to change my life changed my situation but nothing come out of all this finally i come a conclusion there is no god and i started thinking more and i found out the most powerful weapon of money so i understand if i have a money i have everything i made my own gang and i started fighting i've been to jail I started alcohol and different kind of drugs. I saw many of my friends, they killed many of my friends. They died by HIV, AIDS, TB clauses. But age of 16, you know, I remember someone told me, you are nothing Raj. You are the worm who born in the gutter and live in the gutter and die in the gutter. I took the bottle of poison and drank it. One of my friends, he found me and he took me to the hospital and doctor told we are really sorry we cannot help this young man you are too late only god can save this young man my mother found this christian missionary who was a teacher so this christian missionary came to the hospital and he started praying over me the bright light appeared and the hand of Jesus reached out and pulled me out of hell and I came back to life. Jesus is the real God and he came and he rescued me and he gave me a life. So I believe that was my divine appointment and that's where I met Jesus. God spoke with me and told me, I have a great plan and purpose for you. I have chosen you. So I said, Lord, why have you chosen me? What is the purpose of my life? And why did you save me? And God reminded me when I was only six or seven year age, I used to set free these girls. And God told me, you have to rescue a girls from the red light area. Then that's how I convinced 
my leaders and I started rescuing girls and children. What is it like to live in India as a Christian? Live a Christian life in India, it is not easy. Uh, you know, many opposition, many problems, people are not going to accept you because around all you find Hindu-Muslim people and the most important challenge, I can say, you cannot live a holy life and you have a, so many persecution and opposition also. So it's not easy to live a life in India as a Christian. It's very hard. How did the Lord inspire you to come to America? Oh, that's a big story. Actually, one morning I was praying. Uh, I was seeking the Lord and asking Lord, what is the next, you know, what you want me to do? So one morning I was praying in the beach and one paper flew by the wind and came and hit my face when I was about to tear and I found Christ for the Nation Bible College. And that made me to come to America. What are some difficulties Indian Americans face in the church? I think Indian culture is very different and they have a traditional, you have to be come with a very good uh, pant and shirt, you cannot wear jeans or t-shirt, you have to, you know, specific and girls have to sit separate and men have to sit separate. In American church is very good, uh, you have freedom and all you need to connect with the Jesus, both church, so I know the experience, so American church are uh, more uh, comfortable, more freedom. And Indian church are uh, more traditional, more controlling. In the Indian American communities of today, is Hinduism still the majority belief and why? In India, it's a culture they made a mindset up. You have to, you know, follow this and it's very control. People control each other, you know, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. There are many restrictions. So that, that is how the Indian people do to more controlling each other and not giving a free choice, not giving their own choice to choose because when you get the choice, you can decide whatever you want to do. If you don't have a choice, you cannot decide. You have to decide based on elder or based on leader, based on parents, based on anyone who is above you. So that is, that is what, uh, you know, Raj, who do the Hindus believe Jesus Christ is? Hindu, actually, normally they believe that Jesus Christ as the same God. They have a 33 million God, so they think this is also one of God, you know, and they believe same, but there are a different caste in Hindu. If you go high caste, they won't believe anything. They will make everyone to down and they will say, we are the powerful person and we whatever we do that is right so they don't believe us so much jesus because they follow very strongly hinduism but normally hindu people they they can take it uh, jesus as a all god a same god is there a conflict between the hindu indian believers and the christian indian believers in america i don't think so there is a complex anything only the you know traditional you have to be, have some kind of rules, you know, you need to do this, you don't need to do that, you know, that, that is, that is what I saw normally. I don't see any, that much complex. What is the red light district? A red light district is a place where 
many girls brought around the uh, around the uh, states and bring them and put into the prostitution and make a money for themselves for owners for pimps for agents and there is a demander so they have to supply these girls that is the what red light area who are the victims of the red light district at the victims of the red light district the children innocent girls and uh, even educated girls modeler actors anybody can victim in the red light district uh, mostly children and orphan and uh, different part of uh, girls from bringing from the different part of state and put them into the red light area so they are a victim more innocent people and children are the victims of the red light area is there also a red light district in america i heard i heard there is a private where uh, people can do privately and uh, i heard in new york there are uh, some uh, red light district but uh, it's not like uh, how in india india it's more freedom you can do anything you know no problem but here is a little different they do a different way mortal private everything is private in america i think why is the red light district so prevalent in the world and why do governments turn a blind eye to it normally uh, this is my understanding you know the government want run this red light area let me tell you about india when i i was talking with the police and i was asking uh, same question what did you ask me this is what his answer he said because of red light area our sister and mother are surviving i said how how can that possible he said if it is not red light area then people will rape our daughter or wife you know anybody can rape anyone so we need a red light area that way the society will run safely it is easily so government also want that has to happen are the red light districts of india legal yeah it is legal now it's spread out around uh, many state you know many places delhi pune uh, calcutta mumbai gujarat everywhere is spread it out now it's legal when was the turning point in your walk as a christian when you started to save victims i started to save victim age of uh, uh, 18 when i was 18 uh, when i heard the call of god i took that call and i started uh, rescuing the children girls and that's where my journey started what are some obstacles you faced in saving victims there are many obstacle you know uh, for example rescuing girls and children from the red light area it's not easy it is hard so you have to very smart you have to have a plan you have to have a communication with the team and you cannot trust police you know and you have to have a trustful people to rescue these girls uh, for example if you rescuing and they caught you you know they caught you they can kill you and they can beat you with anything so i i remember one of our team member has been beaten but somehow you know he got saved so now is a good there are many obstacle you know they have a 
informer who can inform them as we have an informer and they also have the informer so that there are many obstacles I can say the based on situation you have to very careful you have to very wise when you do all this kind of uh, rescue work. Raj do you have a team that you organize to help you rescue or do you do that by yourself? We have a team back in India and uh, that is uh, all teamwork you cannot do alone a rescue rescue alone is a very very rarely happen but uh, it is a teamwork it is a networking you know you have to do network you have to communicate you have to come with a plan you know and you have to get the information if you want to rescue one girl so you have to have a brief information about these girls and you have to clarify the age what is the age you know age is a matters for example above 18 it's uh, not a big deal bit but if they are under age like under 18 it's a big deal because that comes in the minor minor and major when you do a major rescue that is not big deal because that is a taken care a different way but when you do a minor rescue that is a little bit uh, you know very very strong case then police can hear then court will hear and you can uh, you know seal the uh, cages based on uh, minor girls but major girls it is not big deal so how do you begin to share Christ with the victims you rescue? Actually, when you rescue the victims, there are two different ways. When you rescue, you have to send them to the safe house where they can live and they can learn the vacation training. So, first six, eight months, you know, you have to uh, let them to get uh, out of all this uh, habit, what they've been through. They, they've been in the hurt, they've been in the sorrow, and many, many mentally tortured and physically. So when they get healing, inner healing, then that's where you can uh, lead them, you know, you can feed them the word of God and uh, let them to understand, give them the choice and make them understand about Jesus Christ. And when they understand and they, they need it, God, they need God. Because see, the thing is that when you are in the red light, when we red light district girls, they go through so much. So they need an inner healing and people cannot understand what is happening inside, how they are going through, what problem the situation, how much horrible life they've been through. So especially the prayer works very strongly. Those are, you know, in the red light district girls because they are living in the herd so it is a big things prayer then when you pray then you know god will heal their heart then they you can uh, you know teach them about jesus christ and make them disciple is it illegal to save or rescue people in the red light district it is a uh, illegal but you have to have the some government uh, NPO, so they will give you a certificate that you have a right go and rescue the girls and and when you have a NPO, so you have a government uh, permission you can do this because you show them that what we are doing, we how the life has been transformed. You know, now um, I can see many girls. When I when I rescue today they got married and some of them are rescue officer also in different NGO they are working and uh, some of them got married around the world 
so if this is a result when you when the government when the government see the result so they will understand you are working well so that is what in my word i can say are there safe havens for rescued victims yes 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 there are uh, many npo working and they have a safe house they have a plan and uh, even we are also looking for a make a safe house but we still we are under process once we get the safe house it is uh, very easy to save them and give them a new life and uh, give them a new life so they can live in the good society they can get married they can get back to their family how can americans get involved in rescuing victims normally american can be uh, involved rescuing the victim it's very hard because uh, when you go india and you want to involve rescue because you know skin you know the and uh, people can understand this is american so police is not going to allow you to enter into their business because when american do they will do in the right and proper manner so they will get in the right direction so police will get scared government will get scared because this is a different government american government and indian government you know so they won't allow to come american people and rescue but indian can rescue and american support them and help them financially or plan and idea behind the curtain but they cannot be in the front line As Christians in America, how can we support the Red Light Ministry? Oh, you can uh, you can donate or you can help uh, however you want, you know, you can uh, give a donation or you can be a partner and you can be a uh, share this vision to people those are having a heart to save these girls or you can part up a ministry by casting this vision to bring more people and take this vision to the different level so i think most important you know uh, casting the vision and making a partner and uh, asking to help for this cause and donating anything whatever they want what is the message you would give to the women and children of the red line district i can say there is a hope no matter what happened to your life and how you been through but there is a always hope for children of the red light area and women of the red light area no matter what happened with you you know there is a hope and you need to you know you need to believe yourself that i can change my life and i can live a good life i can live in the society there is a life i can live so i can say it is hope for a red light area because you can see my life you know i born and raised in the red light area if i would have given up i would have died i would have no more in this world but i had a hope and that hope gives me more courage and today i am here born and raised in the red light area of the gutters today i am here in america and networking and casting the vision and saving the soul saving the girls and children from the red light area what is the ultimate goal for the red light church 
our red light church ultimate goal go and rescue our girls and children and save their life give them life and train them and bring them back to the society the most most important goal to save the soul because what happened the body has been gone your entire things gone only the soul is a matter because one day we're going to die so our main main focus to save the soul apart from that we can do a social social work you know you can go and uh, rescue them and give them life and give them job bring them to the society but inside inner they need healing and that healing comes when god touch them when god change them and when their soul saves so our main goal is uh, saving the soul thank you for joining us on sunday pod we always like to end our show by asking our guests what their favorite scripture is john 3:16 my favorite scripture it applies it shows that what god has done for this entire world it is it is not easy when he was doing you know but he did it and because of he given his son so we are saved and we have a hope we have a, a life and life more abundant and that is why i feel this is my favorite scripture thank you for joining us on sunday pod for more on this program follow us on sundaypod.com